1: Today, for Song of the Soul, we have yet another of the fine musicians I encountered at the Great River Folk Festival. For those who don't know, every year, last weekend in August, great musicians and folk fans flocked to La Crosse, Wisconsin, for a few days of music, arts, and more. And that's where I met James Mudcat Grant. Head of Mudcat and the Bottom Feeders. Mudcat serves up a range of music. And beyond folk, you'll find some definite rocking rock music, some bluegrass, country, and beyond. Living right on the banks of the Mississippi, James definitely has a large part of the natural world in his soul. And it's a pleasure to join James Mudcat Grant by a somewhat temperamental phone connection in the vicinity of Winona, Minnesota. James, thanks so much for joining me for Song of the Soul. You're welcome. Good to have the opportunity to talk to you. How long have you been doing music?
2: Well, I just had a celebration of my, I guess I call it your golden anniversary. I started about 50 years ago. 50 years? My goodness. Well, yeah, I was, I was 15 years old and started working in a band as a sophomore in high school and really have not put it down since. I guess technically it's only been 49 years, but I I actually did play as a sophomore in high school in 1963, and we formed a band and played an engagement, but I was on the high school swim team at the time and wasn't particularly impressed with a, a drummer that they were going to bring into this band, and so I immediately quit, got involved with my athletics, if you will, my swim team. And then the following spring, in 64, the band was looking for another vocalist, rhythm guitar player, which is what I was. So I rejoined them and then stayed with it ever since. What were they called? Well, it was a surf band, a surf cover band, and they called themselves the Fabulous Ferraris. (laughs) We cruised around to small towns with the lead guitar player at the time had like a 51 or 52 Chevrolet Woody station wagon, which was the classic surf vehicle at the time. And we pulled a trailer and went and played our gigs all over the place. It was quite an experience for a young kid growing up to suddenly being sort of thrown into the local limelight, if you will, and, and actually being able to
1: make some fairly decent money at it, too. So it was a pretty nice experience. How much did you rake in on your first performance? Well, the first night that I played with the band. Now,
2: they had been playing for a little while, but we we played in a small town south of my hometown here, and I think I made like about $2.75 or something like that. I think wow. Nobody <laughs> showed up for it, and we played to maybe a half a dozen kids or something like that, so it wasn't, well, it must have been more than that, but anyway, it was a very small audience, and, and I thought, well, this isn't going to work out too well, but that didn't last, Then we started playing, played a lot, of what we would do is we'd go into small towns, the keyboard players' parents and the drummer's parents went out and booked for us, they booked gigs for us in VSWs and various city facilities, and we'd go in there and charge a buck ahead and, since we were pretty much the only game in town, we'd usually fill the place with kids that came to dance and socialize. And uh, these were non-drinking places. I mean, they were just parties. And then we played at, there was a a Catholic school in town here that would have dances in one of their auditoriums. And I mean, any place that we could come up with or we could put on a show, we'd do it.
1: And so have you had a a lifelong job of making music, performing music. Has it really been 50 years of performing music in addition to whatever else supported your habit? (laughs) Yes, it is a habit. Well, yeah, I I had to, at some point in time, back in the
2: mid-'70s, I kind of pulled back from music just a little bit and tried my hand at, for lack of a better description, a 9-to-5 job, but I've never been comfortable working for someone else. I've always been an extremely independently-minded person, and... You know, I probably spent maybe maybe a half dozen years where I worked for somebody else, but eventually got involved with house painting <laughs> and started my own little painting company. So I'm a painting contractor now, and that pretty much paid for my, as you would say, addiction to music and guitars and the assorted things you have to have to do these things. But it's allowed me a phenomenal amount of freedom, though, to pursue
1: my artistic desires Well, let's find out about some of those artistic desires. Why don't you start us right off with the music for your Song of the Soul? What do you want to start with, James?
2: Let's start with the latest CD release, which was only a four-song EP. And the first song on there is a song called This
1: Town. Why is This Town the big deal? Because it's title track, right? It is a title track. And this song, it falls back on the idea of a
2: small town, or the observation of a small town, from my point of view, all the while I'm looking at this small town, I'm still thinking of things that are going on in the world around me and how they affect me. So I sort of combined these thoughts into this song.
1: And the song is "This Town, title track of the New EP" by James Mudcat Grant. Here it is, This town.
0: In the morning and snow fills the air. Wish I was back in Belize. Check the headlines around the world. An epidemic of hate to disease. A place a call to a man connected. Never like selling myself. The corners to turn and new directions to follow. I put those memories back on the shelf. out of this town No, I can't Get out of this town No, I can't Get out of this town A little crazy, I admit it But dreaming turns on the lights I tore down the barriers I once had erected, distinguishing days from the nights. I'm working hard, paying the mortgage for so many years. I'm moving on with a love that's endless. Still, I'm reminded of what keeps me here. I can't get out of this town. No, I can't get out of this.
1: has a problem he can't get out of this town and I think it's actually true isn't it Did this is this the hometown where you grew up or are you in the same place or within a few miles? I'm within a few miles, yeah you know.
2: I mean I've spent some time and lived in Colorado for a while with the band and well, I don't know I spent about a half a year up in the Twin Cities Minneapolis St. Paul area. But I've pretty much been located right here, and I guess maybe in some ways I've lacked the motivation, and maybe there was a certain element of fear on my part that I wasn't able to compete in a larger, more professional market.
1: Let's check out something about your name, James Mudcat Grant. And by the way, I I went out there and Googled James Mudcat Grant. Since I had seen you at the Great River Folk Festival, I knew that you are pigment challenged just like me, And in the picture I saw of James Mudcat Grant, it's a black man who happens to be a Major League Baseball pitcher who played for the Cleveland Indians. And his name is James Mudcat Grant. So do you find yourself ever wishing you had been a pitcher for the Cleveland Indians instead?
2: No, and originally, I mean, how I got that nickname He played for the Minnesota Twins, which during my high school years, being a Minnesota high school, everybody knew about him. And, of course, the kids naturally said, well, you have the same name as this ball player, and so you're going to get the same nickname, too. So that's where it got handed to me, and it's pretty much stuck ever since.
1: Well, I think we'll allow him to get a better interpretation if we let him hear a little bit more of the music. So let's get song number two for your Song of the Soul. Well, how about Distant Light? Distant Light. Distant Light. Is that because this is winter and, you know, you're in Minnesota, I'm in Wisconsin. The light is kind of far away. Is that what this is about?
2: Well, no, it, it was sort of a condensed autobiographical song. And the, the metaphor there of the distant light thing is how we, how we, as we go through life, sometimes life can almost be like a tunnel. And we, we look to the end of that tunnel somehow to, to either find ourselves or go to a new page
1: of our, of our life. So let's travel through James Mudcat Grant's life in his autobiographical song, Distant Light. It's from his latest EP release, This Town, and Distant Light is where we're headed.
0: We were kids in an old wood skiff on the west side of the river Kicking back in the summer sun up on Crooked Slough Camped at night in a homemade tent on a Sandy Island sliver. Mosquito bites, stars so bright, and a can of beans for two. Far away from home. Far away we roam. Drawn to a distant light Seasons came, seasons went I found myself in high school Bowling balls down the halls While I strum my guitar Rolling in a Chevy wagon Trailer right behind us We reversed and became hometown stars Far away from home Far away we roam Out into the night We're drawn to a distant light Ballroom Wild weed And sowing seed And peace Was on our mind Festivals And rockin' concerts Moonlight on the backboard All those days Danced away But friends Till the end of time Far away And children, some surrender, some forget, and then they wash it all away. Random surveys follow us, we're told we've got it come in, but we travel on through time to the dawn of a brand new day far away from home, far away.
1: distant light the artist is james mudcat grant you can find him on the web at mudcatmusic.net he hasn't got a lot of music out there and I, i wanted to ask you about that because it seems you've got an awful lot of material you could be putting down tracks on what's held you back is it this small town life you know you don't want to strut yourself too much
2: well, I would imagine there's, I mean, obviously there's a certain amount of lack of motivation on my part, but realistically, it's just a matter of money. I do have a couple new songs here, and we are thinking about redoing some old ones, too, because my CD, Not the Only World, that was done quite a few years ago, and I think we're maybe going to go through and possibly redo them, sort of modernize them a little bit, if you will.
1: You know, you started out with the fabulous Ferraris, right, back in high school, did you stay with the Ferraris for a long time, or have you been other groups, or you in the bottom feeders, how long is that? Fifty years, you could have been 20 different groups easily. Well, I was through a lot of different groups. The, the Ferraris actually, they stayed as that band
2: for about five years, and then we started company with the keyboard player and became a little more of a rock band, even somewhat hard rock. And then we were introduced to, we actually opened for a band called the Flying Burrito Brothers, one of the cutting-edge country rock bands at the time. We became enthralled with that style of music, and so the band sort of switched over to a more country rock sound and changed the name. We actually changed our name to North Country and continued to play that style of music with a little bit of a Grateful Dead jam edge to it. And I, I was with them for about five years, and then I was ceremoniously ejected from the band <laughs> for various reasons, but I was asked to leave. That's when I kind of pulled out of music for a while. I was having difficulty believing in myself. It's almost like a divorce in a way, but... I, I hooked up with some other people then and, and played with various other little groups and things that lasted for a year or something. And then, and then I started playing my solo stuff and, you know, picked up a harmonica and started doing that and just kept going along. Finally, started to seriously... I did write. We did write a little bit back in the late 60s, early 70s, wrote a few songs, but really kind of dove into it back in the early 90s, and that's when most my writing really started. And then once I got the first CD done we had to promote it and so i got a hold of some musicians that had worked on the cd and we went out and played some gigs here and there and eventually met this fella in town who's my bass player now and then he joined up and the band the bottom feeders actually has been continually uh, morphing over the years in other words people players have come and gone and different ones and different drummers drummers different bass players occasionally different second guitar players, and right now we have bass, drums, and guitar, and we're maybe going to be adding a keyboard player in the not-too-distant futures.
1: And again, for you listeners, where you're going to find James is at mudcatmusic.net. Something else I didn't mention before was, back in the song This Town, which is title track for the CD, Wish I Was Back in Belize. So, Belize, really?
2: Belize, yeah. And I'll tell you where that came from. I've never been to Belize. <laughs> I've, here I've, I've revealed the artistic freedom of that I expressed in his song. But I I did go down to uh, southern Mexico, and I was almost within a stone's throw of, of Belize at one point in time. But I, I went down there with an artist friend of mine. We ended up parting company for a while at the U.S. border in McFarland, Texas, and I ended up going down there by a bus, which for a, a hick from... <laughs> <laughs> From the upper Midwest, not speaking Spanish was quite an experience, to say the least. But at any rate, she ended up going to Belize. That's how that sort of entered into this song, the idea of, of a place that's a tropical, sort of tropical paradise with beautiful beaches and things like that. And it also created an interesting rhyme, if you will.
1: Belize and disease?
2: There you go. Got to make it work sometimes, you know? I mean, <laughs>
1: Okay. Well, I want to remind folks that you're listening to Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and I'm host for Northern Spirit Radio Productions on the web at northernspiritradio.org. On that site, you'll find about eight and a half years of our programs for free download and listening. You can find links to our guests like to James Mudcat Grant and the bottom feeders at mudcatmusic.net. You'll find a place to leave comments. We love to have your comments because we love two-way communication. There's also a place to leave donations, and that's how we fund this enterprise. Without your support, we can't go on, so please go to nordenspiritradio.org. Again, we're talking with James Mudcat Grant, of the Bottom Feeder's fame, at least in a certain corner of the world. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Keep us going with your music, James. What's next? Well, let's
2: do uh, the song Something New. It was written about a relationship breakup, but how it was written was a little different. I played an open stage up in Minneapolis at uh, it's called Cedar Cultural Center many years ago, and I was introduced to a guy who was playing there that used a double capo system on his guitar, which I found rather unique and interesting, and he explained how it worked, and so I went and took a hacksaw and cut off a chunk off of a capo and kind of rigged up my own little thing, and I sat down and started playing this way with the guitar, and this song popped right out. I was at the time in a rather emotional state of mind having just gone through this failed relationship and something about the way the guitar was tuned it it just fed right into this song and it was right there waiting for me.
1: Let's listen to Something New by James Mudcat Grant.
0: My love is falling apart Questions unanswered I'm left in the dark She's with her lover And they're undercover But it's not the start of something new I pray the spirits will hear The pain isn't earthly Or it comes from my fear In my nightmare, the absence of light there Toys with my soul, something new All through my years, I've yearned for this life That's not enough Searching for beauty In all that I do If I could touch what I feel When I'm thinking of you It's something new you without you, oh it's driving me insane If you could see this, that real love is true bliss It might be the start of something new It's something new
1: today for song of the soul is james mudcat grant on the web at mudcatmusic.net the song was something new from his this town ep release pretty nice folksy song a lot of times you do rock you said at one point james that you were doing kind of country rock type of music That one, I would say, was pretty much folk music, and where I ran into you was at the Great River Folk Festival, a great event that happens each August, the end of August, right in La Crosse, Wisconsin. I want to find out some other parts of who you are, too. That song, Something New, one of the lines is, I pray the spirits will hear, and it's not one, it's it's multiple spirits, right? Yeah, uh, That could be alcoholic ones, I suppose. But I pray the spirits will hear. You also mentioned about the absence of light, and light is my favorite metaphor for the divine. Who is James Mudcat Grant in terms of spiritual, religious identity?
2: Well, I mean, I was raised in a Christian family, but
1: the way I, I explain it to people,
2: the church left me. I didn't leave the church, and I as I've grown... And matured and read and understood things my mind has opened to and I've accepted all the possibilities of one's spiritual development and understanding of the world around us I guess in some ways I'm, I'm sort of a pagan I believe strongly in the spirits of the natural world and that's where the plural spirits comes from I guess you could say that's what I'm drawn to more than that because I'm a very outdoor person My connection with the animals, wild wild animals, and even my dog who's laying here next to me. (laughs) He's a wild animal, too. But my connection to those beings, I think, is is extremely strong. And I relate directly to certain animals that I find. One in particular, which is the river otter, which I believe is my spirit animal. But that's a whole other subject, I guess, when you talk about spirit animals and things like that. So that's where I'm coming from.
1: You said you grew up Christian. My understanding is that in the U.S. there's some 33,000 different denominations of Christian, so it's kind of a wide field. Which kind of Christian were you? Well, the, I don't know what kind of Christian I was. In my understanding is there should only be one, but I guess the nature
2: of the beast being that a lot of these faiths have to have various incarnations in biblical interpretations. Of, The one I came from was called the Church of Christ, which I'm not really sure. I think that's a southern Christian Protestant thing. I'm not really sure where it came from originally, but that's where my parents went to church. And, of course, I was dragged along to that. And it's funny because when I started playing music, especially in my later high school years, because I played music on Saturday nights and was never able to get up for church, my parents tried and tried and tried to get me to go to church with them, and I just couldn't do it. So... They finally got me one time to go in, and the deacons in the church that we went to, my hair was pretty long then. It was down nearly to my shoulders. And they, in no uncertain terms, told my grandfather at the time, who was one of the deacons, that I wasn't particularly welcome in the church because of my hair length.
1: Oh, goodness.
2: <laughs> yes, goodness is right. That sent a very strong message to me, that like I said, I didn't leave the church. The church left me the hypocrisy of not all, but some people in traditional religious settings is very blatant, and I, I just don't deal with that well. So I, I just walked away from it at that point. I thought, this is not for me. I've got other things I can do that will bring me spiritual growth.
1: Well, I'm enjoying the talk, but I think we better continue with the song so we can get in all of your music. What's next for your Song of the Soul? Uh, Southern View. Okay. What's Southern View about? Uh, Southern View, <laughs> another failed relationship. I lived
2: with this woman that, in the house that we had, and it had an arched window in the upstairs of the house, and it faced south, and it looked out over a large pastured woodland area, and it uh, kind of stuck with me for many years and, and actually created this song from that picture
1: window. Well, let's look to the south. The song is Southern View, artist James Mudcat Grant.
0: Once I knew someone who made me laugh With a look in her eyes Carried me away To a place in the distant sky Where the days and nights The lovers meet, they blend in time. But sometimes we'd fight to get what we need until love became a crime. Looking out the window with a It's only human nature All the changes we go through I couldn't comprehend it Oh, but now
1: James Mudcat Grant on the web at mudcatmusic.net. And that was his song, Southern View, on his This Town EP release. Sad and wistful song. So a couple of your songs already have hit pretty closely on the pain that our hearts go through when these relationships end or don't work out or go awry. Is that the thing that mainly gets you to sit down and write a song?
2: Well, I've been told it's a, it's a good catharsis to actually put down your feelings when you're going through things like this, because it, it can put them into perspective and in a, in a way almost expel them, if you will. I had someone tell me one time that maybe I would have to go through a few more divorces to be able to write a decent song, and I, I wasn't particularly happy about hearing that, but but I, I have written other songs that have nothing to do with relationship problems. So I, I guess I, I'm capable of doing that. And in fact, the two songs that I had talked about that I have to record here yet are not Unbroken Relationships, if anything. They're actually... And one of them is actually a, a fanciful description of a love relationship that was successful,
1: taken from the point of view of a NASCAR driver. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> So you do travel all over. But, you know, you described yourselves as being pretty much of a pagan. Where does love fit in that constellation?
2: Well, uh, you know, we get into the definition of love and the passion one feels for another human being or even, not necessarily a human being, but it could be even an activity or, in my case, it's, I mean, I love to play music, but I also love to be out in the woods someplace, just walking through the trees or paddling my canoe up in northern Minnesota. I'm passionate about that. That brings me fulfillment and opens my spirit to its natural state which it yearns for on a regular basis, and I have, to, I have to listen to it from time to time to keep it healthy, if you will. And I think we, in this, in this society, we tend to be enclosed in our little cubicle homes or our offices or our businesses or our malls or what have you, or even I have our heads boxed into our little cell phones and their teeny little screens. For me, I, I, I don't like to be incarcerated that way. I would prefer to be outdoors where I can be a free spirit.
1: (laughs) Let's keep going. More music for your Song of the Soul. And next is? Well, let's do uh, Innocent Child. Okay, and this Innocent Child, is this you or is this someone else? It's a metaphorical person. Someone without insight?
2: Not necessarily. No, in fact, not. The idea behind the song basically came from my observations of people that had addiction problems or alcoholism and how one approaches
1: trying to solve that problem. And do you want to make any personal comments about how that's related to your specific life? I mean, you were there for the summer of love kind of transition in our society. Isn't it uh, what, love, drugs, and rock and roll? Well, it was, but I, I guess the song more more is more a is a comment on
2: alcoholism than it is on extreme drug abuse. I mean, I I was involved with a lot of things during the '60s. I, although I did see some people who destroyed themselves through drugs, but I I'm not one of them. <laughs> and it's and it was a shame to see this happen to people. But it, the the song itself really deals more, like I said, with the difficulty that some people have and how they react and how they behave when they are. Wrapped up in
1: this addiction, innocent child. I
0: wonder, oh, I wonder what makes a man forsake his stand, abandoning his soul in slumber, sweet, sweet slumber. And the seams that never seem to hold Those without insight Who haven't got a clue So many questions Are looking away, are looking away Innocent child The message Read the message You don't want to hear You really should fear Of all this crystal clear
1: Early mid-90s release by James Grant. The song was Innocent Child, and the release was called Not the Only World. And That must have been a certain place in your musical career, James, when you didn't have a band there with you. Is, is that why you, it was an individual release instead of a, a group release? Correct. I had
2: these ideas for songs, but since I didn't have the musicians, we brought in studio musicians. One was a close friend of mine, and others were people that this young producer knew, and we pieced the whole thing together. It was my first introduction to uh, a professional recording situation, and, and I guess in hindsight it was sort of like going to college or something. I mean, I learned I learned a lot of things, and it cost me a lot of money, and it was a great experience.
1: Of course, that song was Innocent Child, rock song of sorts, So you recorded that CD back in the early, mid-90s. When you state that you're just learning about the recording process, that kind of amazes me because you've already got 30 years in the music industry under your belt by that time. I think that a lot of musicians support themselves by a mixture of what they get at performance and of the CDs that they sell. If we see you at a performance, are you going to have your CDs there so we can buy them?
2: Oh yeah, I've always got them with me. But like I said, I didn't, for some reason, all those years that I played music, I never had the curiosity, if, if that's the right word, or, or the drive to, I mean, I just played cover songs. I played other people's music. Actually, I had a friend who was a professional animation artist, somewhat world-renowned, and just being around this woman, I think, you know, they always say there's such a thing as a contact high or a... I mean, you get around creative people and it rubs off on you, and it really does. That's part of the downside of living in a small town, is that it's hard to be around a community, a strong community of creative people. And just being around this woman, I think it really motivated me to start writing things and being a a creative artist, which which I obviously in hindsight should have been doing a long time before that, but it just
1: just, never happened. Well, I'm glad that it did come out of you eventually, and we've got at least a couple of recordings that we can all profit from your music in our homes. We've got time for one more song, so how do you want to conclude your Song of the Soul, James?
2: Well, this is the title cut from that CD
1: from the 90s, and it's Not the Only world. As soon as you start talking about worlds and multiple worlds, I've been into science fiction and fantasy. I'm also Quaker. I've got a religious, spiritual sense of something beyond this world. What are you thinking about when you talk about other worlds? Well, we, we look at our individual worlds. I have a different world than what you live in. I mean,
2: you can say, well, we are both on the same planet, but our perspective of life is our own individual perspective. And if we expand that even farther and take that into the world of nature where you have animals and each one of those animals, each one of those insects, in fact the cover of this CD is a picture of leafcutter ants that was painted by this artist friend of mine in Belize. And that's the world that those ants live in. And each animal, whether it's a deer or a bear or anything, they have their own world that they live in too for us to understand that as human beings, that we are connected to these other worlds, but those worlds are from someone else's or some other thing's perspective, and we have to realize that we are connected with them, but we we do have our own view of how
1: life is. Well, let's let the song tell us the story. We're going to conclude today's visit with James Mudcat Grant on the web at mudcatmusic.net by listening to his song, Not the Only World. James, it's been great getting to know you. I really enjoyed your music at the Great River Folk Festival. Obviously, you're deeply connected with that river. It was great to see you there, and it's great to have you here today for Song of the Soul. Thanks, Mark. Look for some bonus excerpts on Nordenspiritradio.org for the parts of this interview we couldn't fit in the broadcast. Right now, we close out our interview with James Mudcat Grant with his song Not the Only World. See you next week for Song of the Soul.
0: No streets of concrete to walk on, or broad street lights to stand under. storm rain and the rolling thunder try to feel what holds this world together understanding nature understanding nature but if money rules the hearts of man life slips away from every creature well, this is the world but not the old In the forest of the ancients is a memory Production peaks of motivation The children of our children will look at us And know the greed to them, them. Will they be the ones who really know starvation All alone we walk this road to a new direction This is the world, but not the only world we live in. This is the world, but not the only world we live in. People turn away as governments empower us. Each and every day, what chains are wrapped around us? Reaching for the light, others live in darkness. Putting up the fight, live a better way. away the woodlands poison arctic waters and earth of washing toxins gift to sons and daughters the spirit of our seas is soon nation, never delivering a message a timely meditation but well, this is